1: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, regular guest on the show, Corey Waldron, and we are talking about a Nets win over the Bulls, 138-112, biggest win of the season. How are we doing, Corey?
2: Uh, doing good. Um, Kind of the tale of two halves, right? I mean, this was one game in the first half, another game in the second half, Um, but, I mean, scary hours were in full effect tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was the Nets' best performance of the season. This is a statement win, you know, going into Chicago and winning 138-112. I mean, you're sending a message out there. The big three looked really good. We'll jump into that and plenty more, but check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Corey, I guess, you know, as a closet Nets fan, you know, more of a Pacers fan and a general NBA viewer, what does this game mean or does it mean anything? Obviously, we're talking January 13th, 2022, halfway through the season, is there any really big takeaways, or is it just kind of a game where the Bulls kind of let it go and the Nets just turned it up?
2: I mean, I think it's one of those games where like this is that switch that championship teams have. Um, and the Nets flipped it in the third quarter in particular. Um, you know, it was 71-71. They went on, I think at one point it was a 45 to 10 run basically. Um, and it shows you what this team can be with their star power all on the floor at one point in time. You have KD, you have Harden who Honestly, looked like he had, you know, a step tonight. I mean, he was really quick. He was hitting the step back three. He was um, a little bit shaky around the rim in the first half. Uh, But still, you know, it's the the presence of Kyrie. Um, I know you tweeted about it a couple times. It's the floor spacing. It opens up by just having another 20 points per game score who can hit at any given point in time. Um, I, I thought it showed off what the net star power can truly do when everyone's on the floor. I think that's what this win tonight was most of all.
1: Yeah, I mean, when the Nets play like this, especially, you know, KD and James Harden, you know, KD had 27 points on 10 field goal attempts, which seems ridiculous. And you mentioned that James Harden, you know, looked good offensively, dropped 16 dimes. And Kyrie honestly looked a little rusty in this one and only had nine points. And that's without Kyrie really popping off. This is without Joe Harris. This is without LaMarcus Aldridge. This is without Nick Claxton. You're talking about, you know, a big-time performance. And, you know, some of it was just simple rotations from Steve Nash and guys just playing harder and playing with more effort. There was a lot more balance and I thought defensively in this game. They showcased a lot of different things. But overall, like – You just look at it and it's like, wow, for me, as someone who's watched every single Nets game, every single minute and overanalyze everything, it's like, welcome to the NBA season, Brooklyn Nets. Like, this is the team that we envisioned in the offseason. This is the team that, you know, gets the scary hours motto. This is a team that's the favorite to win the NBA title. Like, this is what we've been waiting for in these last you know, week or two of Nets basketball has not been good. And this is a complete opposite flip switch. And like you said, you know, we're talking about the third quarter where they just really demolished them and they won that quarter 39 to 19. That's and we're talking about a Bulls team that's number one seed in the Eastern Conference.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the Bulls, too, offensively, they lost all rhythm in late in the third quarter and, and even in the fourth quarter. They were out of sorts. Um, Until eventually this game obviously was was out of was out of hand already pretty much, you know, two minutes into the fourth quarter. Um, But yeah, I mean, this Bulls team obviously was pretty much gaining traction going into this game. Like this was a good moment for the Bulls to say, hey, we finally arrived. And the Nets pretty much, you know, let's just remind you guys of how much of a skill gap there truly is between us and you guys. And that's really what this was. I mean, I thought, you know, uh, Vucevic was taking threes in the second half. Like, the the whole Bulls offense felt like got so out of whack from what it was in the first half. Because the first half was really a really back-and-forth competitive game. Um, You know, DeRozan was getting what he wants, kind of torturing uh, Edwards. Uh, The rookie got the start tonight. You know, he was kind of getting tortured by DeRozan um, in that first half. I thought Sharp was really good. But, yeah, I mean, that 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 was um, a really big statement by the Nets, for sure.
1: And I think in that first half, like you said, DeRozan was hitting some good shots, you know, working on Kessler-Edwards. Zach Levine got hot for a period in that second quarter. But I think the one thing for the Nets in this game they can hang their hat on is like, yeah, the Bulls scored and they kept up with you in the first half, but they hit a lot of tough looks. And I just felt like in this game... It was relatively easy for the Nets to generate a good shot offensively. Obviously, that happens when you have three of the best ISO scores in the NBA. But it was as simple as you know running a pick and roll with James Harden and Dayron Sharp, or you know as simple as throwing the ball to Katie in the post because the Bulls were doubling him on touch. So that was just creating a different type of advantage. And you know Katie was great passing out of the double teams, nine assists tonight as well. So just overall, there was just. A, A lot of good offensive possessions, and I think, honestly, there's room for improvement because there's such a lack of chemistry and repetitions for a lot of units we saw tonight.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know how you felt, but I feel like all the young guys, for the most part, I mean, even Edwards, despite being picked on defensively, I thought he had a pretty good game. What what were some of your thoughts, some of the young guys who got a lot of shine tonight for the Nets?
1: Yeah, I thought Kessler Edwards, honestly... Had a great game for a rookie in the position he was asked to be. Like you mentioned, he was asked to defend DeRozan. He was asked to defend Zach Levine. You know, I think one of the highest scoring duos in the NBA this season. You know, DeRozan definitely caught him with some of those, you know, veteran moves and the pump fakes. But I thought he held his own in terms of creating some tough shots. And I thought, honestly, he might have done a better job on Zach Levine. You know, like low-key athleticism was able to kind of keep up with him in terms of that. There was one take in that second quarter where it was essentially a one-on-one ISO possession. And it looked like Zach got the step. Kessler recovered and Levine missed the layup terribly. And that's, you know, like when you're watching a rookie, you're not necessarily anticipating super consistent play. You're looking more so for flashes. And I think defensively in this game, Kessler showcased a lot of those flashes. Three steals as well. Good athleticism, good length instincts with a basketball and just kind of creating some of those plays and running in transition, yeah, there was plenty of rookie mistakes, but he's also another guy that adds an element of spacing. You know, he was one of four tonight, but he's not scared to take those shots. And it happened that his first three attempt was the one that he nailed down, and that's going to help you get some respect. So I love the idea of starting Kessler Edwards tonight, especially over David Duke, who's been starting in the previous games. I think rolling with Kess and letting him get these reps is really important because I think Kess is a guy that has potential to – be impactful for this team down the line. Like he's a true three and D body and adds athleticism energy and some good versatility. And like this is the first time he's ever defended Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan. Let him continue to get reps against elite players in the NBA this season. It's only going to benefit the Nets down the line. It's not a lock. He's in the playoff rotation, but there's definitely potential for him to be one of those guys.
2: Yeah. I mean, he had one steal in general that like stuck out to me. It was, it was Lonzo Ball about to throw it down court, which would have been an easy, fast break dunk. And he anticipated it and picked it off. And again, both ball brothers are really good at finding guys down court um, for those, you know, touchdown passes more or yep. less. And I thought Kessler just having that kind of, you know, anticipation awareness to be like, oh, this is they're going to try to push the tempo right here. i um, mean, catch that steal. Really stood out because again, as you mentioned, mentioned a rookie getting these big time minutes. You um, know, it's he he definitely impressed tonight for sure. And I thought Sharp was um, just as good. And obviously, James Harden will make. Um, A lot of bigs look really good. And Duran, I th- even found Sharp quite a few, few times. Um, yeah. I thought Sharp was also sharp.
1: Yeah, no, Dayron was good. And like, I'm not going to lie, like Dayron probably was a guy I wasn't super high on after summer league. I thought there was some deficiencies and I didn't necessarily anticipate him playing a game like this in the NBA at this point in time. But 20 points... Like you said, seven rebounds. He was able to be a good option for James Harden, that pick and roll, because one thing De'Ron Sharp does really well, he sets good screens. He's a big body out there. He's going to create some space. Obviously not necessarily the greatest vertical threat, but was able to use his body, create some space. And he also gives James Harden a big target. You know, like he's just a big human, and he's able to kind of seal off some of these edges to create these open passes for Harden. And I thought he had a couple of nice finishes in there too. And I think defensively, like, that's kind of the worrisome thing with him. I thought he was pretty good in this game, did a nice job on Vucevic, did a nice job in the pick and roll situation. So credit Dayron, really stepping up. And, you know, the only issue probably in this game is just fouls. And I think some of that is just him being a little overzealous to be physical. You know, instead of going straight up for verticality, he he likes to jump into bodies where it's like, hey, man, like you're 6'9", a huge human. You don't need to jump into anybody. When they jump into you, they're probably going to bounce off.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, he was impressive, and honestly, you could tell at times, Houshavich was bothered by just the big body effort, especially when he was trying to get some of the touch around the rim. Yep, um, was definitely disrupted quite a quite a few times.
1: Yeah, I credit Sharp, and I thought also Blake Griffin did a solid job on him. This was a, a pretty good game from Blake as well in this one. Um, but moving over to KD real quick, you know. It almost felt like at times like a perfect offensive game from Kevin Durant. 27 points, 7 of 10 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, 1 turnover, constantly making great reads. And the Bulls didn't have an answer for him. Obviously, Derek Jones Jr. went down in the first seconds of this game. And, you know, that's terrible. Hopefully he's OK. And he'd obviously give them at least a little bit better of a matchup. But at the end of the day, the Bulls don't really have a guy for Kevin Durant. And that creates a problem right off rip.
2: I mean, I think about, it was in the first quarter. I, in the first quarter, um, where he shot right through a defender. like The defender's hand was completely over Durant's face. And it was one of those shots where, after Durant hit that, you were like, all right, it, it's that kind of night for Durant. And yeah. honestly, said, he... Scored in, in every way possible. He got nine points from three. He got points from the two from the free throw line. Points from inside the yard. Like he was scoring a variety of ways, getting to the hoop. Um, he had a, a big time dunk as well. Right? Was that, yep.
1: Yeah. And that was right in the first quarter.
2: In the first quarter as well. I mean, again, the first quarter was really exci- really <laughs> exciting basketball. Um, but yeah, Durant, like you said, Durant just really had it going. And again, like you mentioned. There isn't a defender that the Bulls get throw. Again, not many teams have a defender to throw at Kevin Durant, but there's not a lot of size on this team. Like, yes, the Bulls have a lot of like wing, like guards to wings, but they really don't have a lot of long, lanky forwards. And like you mentioned, when Jer- Derek Jones Jr. went down, that's your best option against Durant. That's still not a great option to begin with.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I thought also Durant this game, just like I mentioned before, did an excellent job of taking on some of those double teams, you know, anticipating them and understanding, you know, okay, if they're sending X player, then Y player is open for the Nets. You know, hit Patty a couple times on those or just made the hockey assist, You know, just generating that advantage is just something the Nets can do. And I think in a playoff series, you know, I put a tweet out like, Katie essentially needs to touch the ball every possession because it creates so much stress for the other team and I think in a playoff series that's something that you might see against the Bulls just because like we've talked about there's really not an answer and I thought defensively in this game Katie was good I thought majority of the Nets who played in this game you know turned it up defensively showed some level of intensity and in playing good help defense because in that third quarter a lot of the reason in early fourth they went on that run was because they generated what felt like a million steals
2: mhm yeah i mean um it, it was a lot of effort. Like you mentioned, I, I think what helps, too, is the fact of um, whenever there was a, a change, like when Blake Griffin came in, there was a lot of effort. And I yep. feel like that keep KD hard and all those guys engaged when everyone around them is constantly engaged and showing a ton of effort.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Yeah, I mean, in this pl- in this game, we saw probably the biggest effort play of the Nets the entire season. You know, DeAndre Bembry and Blake Griffin force a steal. Blake jumps on the floor. Actually, Bembry jumps on the floor, gets the loose ball, tosses it forward a little bit too far. Blake dives for it, is able to get the ball throws the pass to Kessler-Edwards, puts it down for a dunk. Those are type of those energy and extra plays that the Nets haven't necessarily been getting this season. And like you said, you know Blake, who's had a rough season at times, has been really not impactful. But when he's making those energy plays and making some of those hustle-type gritty plays, that's where he can have an impact on the floor. And he was plus 34 tonight. And I mean, he might not have been plus 34 in the last 10 games combined.
2: I mean, it honestly felt that way, though. There there was a clear energy change when he went out there. I know that... Um, you know he 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 got to the line. he was able to to draw some contact too. He was physical on Busevich. It, it was a good game for Blake, who, like I know, you know, when we talked last time, he was obviously it well, early on in this season for for that matter, had all those do not you know, do not plays coach the decision.
1: Yep.
2: um he's finally really starting to earn that rotation spot again,
1: yeah, and just to go over his stats, you know, nine points in this one, three of five from the field, oh, one from three, three of six from the free throw line, uh five rebounds, two assists, two steals. And like, you know, the layup still isn't great. You know, he found a way to get to the free throw line, draw some contact, you know, had some good cuts in this game. But I thought defensively, he was solid, where in some of these other previous matchups and other teams they've faced over the last couple of weeks, he's kind of struggled and looked out of place. You know, there's just a couple good possessions. And sometimes, you know, it's the right matchup. And just I think also Blake is a guy that looks better playing next to the stars rather than asking him to really do anything when Kyrie, James Harden and Katie are all out there. You know, it's it's a little bit easier. You're getting less attention. Now you're really one of those extra players when it's just, you know, James Harden out there or something or there's not other offensive options. It's a lot easier to make you look bad. And I think he's a guy that benefits from having, you know, modern NBA lineups with spacing and other offensive threats that can penetrate and make his life super easy.
2: For sure. Uh, so, question uh, of the the bench players for the Nets, who stuck out the most to you? Because uh, obviously we didn't, we haven't really you haven't talked we haven't talked about Patty Mills yet. But I thought that was another guy, but who stood out the most for you from the Nets bench tonight?
1: Yeah, it was Patty Mills. You know, twenty one point seven and 10 from the field, six of eight from three, one and two from the free throw line, three rebounds, one assist. You know, he got hot. He's been on a slump recently. He's you know shot as one of the worst three point shooters in the NBA over I think like the last week. Tonight, he turned it up. He couldn't miss. He was hitting things off balance, and he also helped bring some of that energy. And I think also he played a role tonight in which the Nets envisioned for him in the offseason, you know, a smaller role, 21 minutes and playing off of other guys rather than asking him to be, you know, one of the, the top options in the offense or going against bench units. So I thought it was a situation that allowed Patty to excel. And obviously, he just got hot in this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, another guy who I think benefited from James Harden, like tonight in particular, uh, it felt like Sharp and Mills were probably at least eight or nine of James Harden's assists tonight, probably came strictly from those guys, if not more. Um, He he was really finding both those guys in the right moments in their sweet spots. And like you said, having Kyrie back, and obviously Kyrie was wrestling tonight, maybe because he sprained his ankle, obviously the nasty play can be discussed if that was dirty or not. Um, but maybe it just wasn't 100. percent But either way, it felt like Harden just like like there there was like a there was like an ease tonight to him, like like a calmness, like oh I got Durant and Kyrie in my back pocket, like let me do what like like he looked so refreshed and calm. And obviously, I know he didn't play last game because of the calf uh, stiffness. Um, but I, I was really impressed in how he was able to constantly make the right decisions while looking fresh on step back threes.
1: Yeah, I think also a thing for Harden, like you said, playing against a star with the stars makes his life easier. But I also think giving him a lot of lineup options that have floor spacing and guys that are threats. And then also just day run chart, you know, being a pretty good rim roller, you know, better than I anticipated going to this game. So, you know, Harden looked good and there was a couple plays in that third and fourth quarter where he had just some extra juice and some extra confidence that we might not have seen all season, you know, behind the back pass, getting a little fancy with it. There was one crossover where he just demolished somebody and hit the step back three. I mean, when Harden's playing like this and you have the other two guys on the floor it's going to be really tough to stop. Like this was James Harden looking like the version of what we saw last season, especially with those 16 assists and just hitting guys, whatever it might be. And, you know, a big difference in this game, and this is something brought up by some Nets fans on Twitter and on Reddit, is the Nets haven't really had many guys in the corners. And that creates a lot of spacing or guys that are viable threats. Tonight, they played a lot of lineups where, you know, Patty Mills was in the corner getting wide open threes. Even James Harden, you know, was relocating on some three-point attempts and shooting some catch-and-shoot threes, which is, you know, a big factor for him and something that he doesn't always typically do. So I was really happy with his performance. And just to drop the stats, 25 points, 6 of 13 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 16 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 2 turnovers. One of his best games of the season.
2: Yeah, um, 100%. And even the turnover, I think the turnovers were in the first half, I want to say, both of them. And they were just all kind of lazy passes. Yeah. Uh, and I think it might have even been in the first quarter, the Nets just, you know, not being fully in sync yet, obviously two rookies in the lineup. I know Kyrie even had this, had a turnover in the first quarter where it looked like him and Sharpness weren't in sync, which yep. is obviously going to happen since those guys don't have a lot of minutes yet. Um, But it was definitely, to me, someone who, you know, I've – so I feel like the last bunch of like the handful of times I've seen Harden the last like five games, three of those games Harden looked really slow and I was really impressed by how overall well Harden and good good Harden looked tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of it could easily be that he was able to rest. I mean, he did look lean. You know, like he, it's weird, is like his weight definitely is something that fluctuates. And like in this game, he looked just a little bit more spry. Maybe it's something with his diet, just looking to some of those things like that. But, you know, you like that effort level, you like that energy level. And this is a guy that you want to see. And some of it's just also mental relief. Like you mentioned, you know, having Kyrie and Katie on the floor, it's just like, wow, this just became a lot easier. Oh, wow, and other guys are hitting shots, and the shots I'm setting them up for, they're hitting them. So, you know, sometimes it's as simple as that, and things just start starting to feel good. You just start to play well. So happy with the way he played. Just touching on Kyrie real quick, nine points, four attempts from the field, one of three from three, four rebounds, three assists, one turnover. You know, Kyrie missed a lot of shots that he typically makes, but also, like you mentioned, his gravity was felt in this game because the Bulls were not coming off of him. In the time that they did, he made them pay with a wide open three.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's the thing. Like You you mentioned Kyrie's numbers. I obviously, I knew he wasn't super effective because I wasn't seeing him score a ton, but you just felt his presence and you just could tell that the Bulls were were constantly trying to account for him and make sure that they knew where Kyrie was. They didn't want Kyrie to get going at any point in time. It almost kind of felt like at times they, they were willing to let um, you know, some of the other guys beat them in terms of like Sharp and Mills uh, to rather not let one of the guys in the big three cook, even though obviously Harden still get theirs. And generally speaking, Kyrie does, too. Um, but, but I thought you could definitely feel the gravity, like you mentioned, of Kyrie Irving.
1: Yeah, and he's just another bo- – he's just a, also a smart basketball player. You know, I think that's an underrated aspect of Kyrie. Like, he understands doing some of the smaller things and being part of the offense. And I thought defensively he wasn't really bad in this game either, had some good possessions out there, just being active with his hands. So, you know, as he progresses and plays more minutes, I think we're going to see some, you know, big-time performances. Only 24 minutes tonight. And the rare situation where the Nets didn't have to play their stars big minutes to get the win, only 30 for KD, 24 for Kyrie, and 33 for James Harden, you know. That's some of the stuff that the Nets fans and Nets media envisioned over the summer was like, hey, you know, these guys are going to get some fourth quarters off. That'll be able to kind of keep their minutes down for some of these other games. But it hasn't happened this season. And that's posted their biggest lead of the year in this game against one of the best teams in the league. And I think that just speaks volumes.
2: So, so with that said, I, I have a question for you now. So obviously the Bulls are, you know, the one seed that, that still stands. Right. Even though yep. the Nets, right. right. Um, so having this victory now fresh in your mind seeing the nets you know kind of handle the bulls do you think the bulls are still a do you think the bulls are up there with the nets and like bucks for example or do you think the bulls are a tier below the nets and bucks i think we would agree the nets and bucks are in a tier of their own still in the eastern conference
1: Yeah, for sure. I think the the Bulls are probably a tier below them. You know, I think some of the guys have played really well. They got really hot. But I think when you get to postseason basketball, something that sticks out to me is like DeMar DeRozan is still a bad defender. There is numerous plays in this game where he just got cooked. And, like, James Harden isn't a great defender, but I think sometimes he even had better possessions than some of the stuff I saw from DeMar DeRozan tonight. I think there's just some issues and some, you know, liabilities in which they have. And like we talked about, they don't have an answer for Kevin Durant. They do have some great offensive players, but the Nets obviously more experienced in, you know, they dominate this game without Kyrie really playing well. Bulls also on the second night of a back-to-back Add that to you know context for this, but overall, I think the Bulls still you know a step behind these teams, but they could catch up if they you know pull a trigger on a trade for a guy like Jeremy Grant or something like that. Just add another really quality piece to you know give them another good starter, and also you know maybe add some more veterans to the bench that can give them more consistency.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I can see that. I mean, I agree. I, I think again, when you see this, the fully healthy everyone on the court for the Nets and the Bulls the Nets just have more star power. And that's not that Levine can't become a star, that DeRozan isn't like a borderline star, but they're not the same tiers. Like there's still three top 15 players on one team and you do have probably two top 30, if not two top 25 players on the other side.
1: Yeah, I think it's also just like the difference of the Nets having superstars and the the Bulls just having all-stars, which is nothing against them. And, you know, obviously guys can step up and, you know, they have some other good players that are even maybe fringe all-stars and, you know, a guy like Vucevic who's made it the last couple seasons and even Alonzo you know, who plays at a high level. But, you know, moving back to the Nets, talking about some other guys, we can look at DeAndre Bembry. You know, he didn't necessarily play big minutes in this game, but still five points, uh, two or three from the field. And one on one from the free throw line, five rebounds, one assist, two steals. You know, I thought he did a great job when he came in the game, really getting into DeRozan and getting into Zach Levine. He committed a couple of fouls, but he definitely made them uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, he he played the role of disruptor yep. in this. Um, you know, obviously was able to score some points among among that, which is which is always a bonus. But he came in with the intent of I'm going to make the some guys in the Bulls uncomfortable, and I'm going to just Pretty much. Again, we saw him dive on the floor. Um, I'm going to leave it all out there in terms of trying to make something happen. So, yeah, I think those kind of guys are crucial, too, because that was I think in the middle of the run, more or less. Right. They yep. were in the middle of that run. and He kept the energy going. You know, that's another thing that's pretty impressive about that run the Nets went on is, you know, there was a couple guys going in and out off the court and they were able to still maintain, you know, that kind of dominant performance over the Bulls in the second half.
1: Yeah, a lot of great momentum, you know, like you said, you know, Benbury coming in, playing good minutes, even like a guy like Cam Thomas, who didn't have a great game, only scored two points tonight, two rebounds, one assist. He wasn't super involved, but was still able to kind of play his role and do his thing, and obviously some of those minutes came in garbage time, but guys just understood what they were doing and they were able to play off the stars and play off these things and generate different advantages. And I thought, you know, obviously Nets played good defense in this game, but they also leaned into their offensive identity and playing a lot of lineups in this one that just made more sense from an offensive and a spacing perspective, even just going with the starting lineup. You know, we have four shooters. We have Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kessler Edwards, and De'Aaron Sharp as your, you know, your screen setter, your rim roller in that situation. And now you have Patty Mills come off the bench, you include Cam Thomas, now you're making sure that you almost always have three three-point shooters or three offensive threats on the floor, where in times over the last month or so, the Nets have had lineups where you could argue they've had maybe one offensive threat or two offensive threats. So I think just leaning too into the style and playing lineups and rotations that make sense for this roster and this team and that benefit the superstars was something that really stuck out. I thought Steve Nash you know, had a really good game tonight.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, de- Dele Kudos and Nash for the halftime adjustments, right? I mean, again, because they-, they blew the doors right wide off, wide open on this thing. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And again, you know, was this um, Sharp and Kessler's first start of the season?
1: I believe so. This was, you know, uh, Sharps has seen decent minutes before, um, you know, with some of the COVID stuff. And then the last game against Portland, he played pretty well. Kessler's minutes have been, you know, hit or or miss. He's seen minutes, you know, during the COVID stretch and seen a couple over the last couple games. But this was really both their first real opportunity to shine with the stars. And I think Kessler, like I mentioned before, is a guy— that has a real opportunity to get in that rotation. And Dayron, honestly, you know, I'm not sure he'll be in the playoff rotation, but in the rotation for the rest of the season, there's definitely going to be opportunities because for a big man, he plays with a lot of energy, with a lot of hustle, and just provides some different stuff and some spark plays. And that's what you need, you know, especially during some of the dog days of the NBA season.
2: No, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to see if those guys, you know, maintain having, you know, Significant roles in the future, but um, it it doesn't hurt to have options, especially um, a guy like Sharp when you have you know really, really three really good passers between the the Nets big three.
1: Yeah, and uh, just like I said, a big body, and also this is a guy that eats on the boards. You know, three offensive boards tonight in the game against Portland had even more, and he's just a presence down there, and just a different look for this team and if he can play you know even just average nba defense you know which has been kind of all over the place for him if he can do that That's an opportunity for him to provide a different look, a different impact for this team, especially when they do get killed on the boards, because that's been an issue for the Nets this season, last season, even in the postseason, not to say Sharp is going to be that guy, but at least it's another option for Steve Nash to go to and, you know, be like, all right, well, I have a big physical center that I can play minutes for. I think an important thing for Sharp and Kessler and the rest of the rookies is, you know, make sure these guys get minutes. So if you do have to rely on them, they're prepared and they have NBA experience. For sure. Corey, any other final takeaways from this game?
2: Um, I mean, just just watch out if New York ever decides that Kyrie can play in home games without there being fines. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's still the, the one you know hurdle for this Nets team is the plug-and-play that's going to be from having Irving not allowed to play in home games. Um, it was obviously fun tonight to finally see all three of those guys together. Um, it's crazy that it took until January for us to get that moment. I'm not sure for you Nets fans it's been even worse than not have th- those three guys together. Um, but it pretty much just shows you that, oof, if this team actually gets some sort of chemistry and they actually start logging real NBA minutes, not just the big three, but all of th- this entire team, um, that we're going to start seeing them hit those lows that they were starting to hit the end of last season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you nailed it. And I think uh, in terms of the fines for the home games, you know, a lot of fans are like, Joe, so I should just pay. I don't think he's going to pay in the regular season. I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes an option, if this is still, you know, an issue around playoff time. But that's a whole nother discussion. You know, this is exciting to see. This is that offense we wanted to see. Scored 138 points, shot 56% from the field, 53% from three, knocked down 17 threes. This is probably more threes they hit in this game than they hit in the last two games just because they were running the right offense, playing off each other. And then also another great stat, 35 assists in this one so overall just a lot of great things for the nets and like i mentioned before we're generate some turnovers get some easy fast break points overall you love this performance and you hope this can be a building block to start some type of winning streak start some type of momentum and i believe 11 of the next 15 are on the road so plenty of kyrie irving in there too
2: uh, that that's a wonderful stat line for any team. Obviously being a Pacers fan, it, it's it's really bleak. Uh I would love to see thirty-five team assists and fifty percent from the three. Um that's a that's a scary again, I keep saying scary hours, but like that really does fit this team when everyone's gelling. Um those are some scary hour numbers.
1: And like we said, you know, Kyrie didn't even pop off in this one. Right. You know, nine points in like you know it's not like there were a ton more shot attempts to go around but you know even if the bulls play better you feel pretty good about the nets pulling the one pulling this one away so overall really really happy and like I said before, it's great that the Nets finally arrived this season. Just took them a couple months. We got the game. This was kind of the sample of like, OK, when the playoffs start, this is more so the type of team we can anticipate seeing rather than some of these bad losses over the last couple of weeks. But always a pleasure, Corey. Big thanks, to everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on Austrian platforms.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of Americans are deficient in.